Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am your confidence connoisseur, here to help you break diet dependence, end body shame, and learn to love being you inside and out. Join me as we demystify current health and wellness trends, understand what health really means, and find freedom from living life the way you think it should be. With that, let's go to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about my seven tips for managing your anxiety. So anxiety is something that is really, really new to me. I only recently started struggling with it. It was in pretty much the summer of 2017, which I had my first anxiety attack. And since then, it has been a journey of learning and trying different things and understanding what anxiety is. And it's been a process. And I feel like I'm finally at a place where I can start to talk about it. I've talked about it on and off with various audience members and various people and friends. And it's something that I haven't really spoken out publicly about before. So I'm a little bit nervous. I hope that's okay. So just bear with me as I talk about this deeply personal subject. Anxiety is kind of up there in my mind with weight loss. Like talking about weight loss and talking about anxiety feel mutually exclusive to me. I'm sure there's a lot there, but we'll explore that another day. So for today, I just wanted to share a little bit of my story with you about anxiety and what I do to work with it rather than against it. Because I think if your goal is to try and manage anxiety and like shrink it down or get rid of it and ignore it or cure it, that's my favorite, then I think you're fighting a losing battle. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So one of the biggest things that for me has worked is accepting my limitations and accepting that anxiety is my body's way of saying, hold on, girl, you can't handle this. There is something happening right now that you cannot handle and you've got to slow down or else we're going to crash and burn. So sometimes the trigger is really, really obvious. Like when I was on top of Polaris Pass in the Wallawas at 8,900 feet and had to do a five-mile descent straight down, straight down on the side of a mountain, like literally like cliffside, like walking at a diagonal, leaning into the mountain, trying not to fall off to my death. That was anxious. That was a really anxious moment. But there are other not so obvious times, like if I'm laying in bed and all of a sudden, My heart starts to pound and I can't breathe and I start shaking and sweating and it comes out of nowhere, literally laying there watching Netflix and bam, anxiety attack. So it's been a process of of trying to figure out those triggers and knowing what to do per situation. So I want to go through these seven different self-care practices that I do for anxiety. And I hope that maybe one of the one or two of these are new for you that you're like, oh my gosh, I have never tried that before. And that it helps you because I know so 
many of you struggle with anxiety and honestly, it breaks my heart. There is such a, such a high prevalence of anxiety. I don't have any stats for you. (laughs) I don't want to take off like this percentage of women struggle with anxiety because so many people don't even talk about it. I don't talk about it very often because I think there's a level of guilt and shame that come with anxiety. Am I right? Like we feel like, oh my gosh, I can't hold it all together, but everybody else is. So I'm not going to talk about it. Or like anxiety makes you weak. At least it makes you feel weak. Maybe it doesn't for you, but it sure does for me. And I love being strong. I love being independent and capable and productive. And anxiety makes me feel like I need to lay down and curl up in a ball and stay there for a long time. So working with that feeling, we're working with the feelings associated with the anxiety, right? Ugh. All the feelings. I mean, we could spend an entire podcast talking about feelings around anxiety, but I really want to focus on today coping skills and ones that I've learned, ones that I've discovered, ones that have been taught to me. I want to pass them on to you in hopes that they help. So here we go. Without further ado, my top seven techniques for working with my anxiety, not against it. So the first one is breathing. (sighs) Take a deep breath with me, will you? (sighs) Don't you already feel better? I do. So there's such a thing as box breathing, B-O-X. And box breathing is where you count in for four, you hold for four, count out for four, and hold for four. So you're literally like breathing in, holding, breathing out, holding. So you create a little box and anytime you are feeling like that rush start to come on or you're feeling the shakes that start, breathe. It sounds stupid and it's something that we're like, duh, right? Like right off the bat, you dismiss it because you're like, I always breathe or I doubt the power of breathing. Sisters, seriously though, this has been critical for me. This is what keeps me personally from going from like, a two to a 10. Like this kind of keeps me at like a seven on the scale. This is a made up scale that I just made up out of my, (laughs) I don't even know where it came from. But I'm just saying that breathing has so much, just the power of breathing. And again, I don't have a bunch of stats for you. I don't have a bunch of facts lined up for this. Like just from my personal experience, box breathing, bam, that is where it's at. It calms the central nervous system. It increases oxygenation in your blood. It helps just chill everything out, like getting oxygen in. Because that's one of the things that when you're in anxiety mode, breath is the first one to go. And it's the most important. And so you have to kind of do that cognitive breathing because otherwise your body does it for you, right? It's like passive breathing, but then you get to be proactive about it. So box breathing is my first suggestion for you. And don't knock it. It's one of those great things that you can employ instantly and anywhere that you're at. Some of these you can't, but that one you can. The next one that goes along with that is essential oils. I love, 
I love me some oils. Next week, I'm going to be having Lindsay Gunzels on my podcast, and she's amazing. She's doTERRA Diamond, and she uses oils for everything. And seriously, some of the stuff she posts on Instagram blows my mind. Every time I think that oils aren't going to work, they totally do. Like, I'm the worst skeptic. I'm like, this is never going to work. And I do it, and it totally does. And I'm like, oh, what? That's incredible. So one of the best things that I've done is I've gotten myself a little diffuser necklace. And I found these on Wish.com. They're super duper cheap. They're like a buck. But they take forever to get here. So Amazon has a few. I think there's also some, I'm sure on Etsy you can find a ton if you want to support local. Like, there's great places to find them. And basically it's just like felt inside of a necklace. Sorry, I'm holding mine right now. That's what the little tinkle tinkle is. And you just drop your oils right on top of the felt and it just kind of wafts up in your face. Or sometimes I'll put it up to my nose. Do a little inhale. It's great. It's great. So some of my favorite doTERRA blends or doTERRA, depending on who you are, I I just really like doTERRA because I have some friends that I really, really trust and respect that use doTERRA. So that's kind of where I went. Again, no stats. I don't know if it's better than Young Living. I don't know if it's better than independent brands. All I know is it works for me. Okay. All right. So blends. I love, love, love elevation when I'm feeling sad or kind of just low, kind of moody, broody. I just need like something... Something to just give me a little pick-me-up, a little bit lighter lifting. I love that. Elevation and cheer are my two favorite pick-me-ups. The cheer smells like Fruit Loops. Not even kidding you, 100% Fruit Loops. So if you love the smell of Fruit Loops, then you need to get yourself some cheer. I have a little roll-on that I keep in the car, and I just like roll it on and do a little inhale. It's great, especially when I'm stuck in traffic in that like Hulk comes out and I get all like ragey at other drivers. That happens sometimes. I grew up in California. Okay, what do you want from me? So (laughs) so I use cheer. When I'm needing something to bring me down from that like anxiety high, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you feel a little disconnected from your body. I love balance with wild orange. Holy smokes, that is so grounding. It's calming. It is great with the orange because that gives you a little bit of a perk. So it's like the grounding with a little boosting. Love it. When I'm feeling grief, which happens often, or just a real sadness or I'm heartbroken over something, console is my go-to. And I swear by this one. One day I was sitting in church and it must have been Mother's Day or something. And I lost my mom when I was 19 to cancer. And I frequently miss her, right? Like I miss my mom. And it was like Mother's Day or something. And I just lost it in church. I'm sitting there, tears, snot everywhere. So I pull out console and I just do a little in my hand and like rub my hands together and do a little. And it's amazing how instantly I just felt comforted. It's incredible. So like, I don't know if you know about essential oils and how they work, but they break the blood-brain barrier, and it's like one of those like instant hits that you can do that just like, it works so fast, you know? And so it's like when you need it, it's there. Like your olfactory senses are incredible. Like if you ever want to just like blow your mind, Google search like smell impacting mood or something or like olfactory, like just Google search it. It's incredible. 
This stuff really legitimately works. So I love breathing and essential oils. Those two go together beautifully. For sleep, for nights that I just, my brain won't shut up and I've done everything else, I use the Serenity Blend. Now, it's got lavender. I don't love lavender. I don't love it. So I mix it with some oil and I put it on my feet. Because your feet, your pores are the biggest on your feet. Isn't that disgusting? <sniffs> kind of grosses me out. But it gets absorbed into your body super quick through the feet and gets where it needs to go. Don't ask me how it's voodoo magic. I don't understand it. All I know is that it works. Okay? All right. So those, again, for mood boosting, I like cheer and elevation. For grounding and calming, I like balance and wild orange. For... Uh, grief, sadness, I like console. And for sleep, I like serenity. So if you have any questions about those, feel free to send me, um, you can send me an email, cam at captivatinglyconfident.com, or you can send me a DM on Instagram or a PM on Facebook. Okay. All right. I'm always happy to talk about oils. Always. Um, number three is Xanax. True story. Medication. Maybe not Xanax like particularly because that doesn't work for everybody, but it doesn't matter if it's lorazepam. It doesn't matter. I don't know what other ones there are. Paxil? No, that's not one. I don't know. Whatever medication, it is amazing. Okay? They make these drugs for a reason because they work. They work. And for the longest time, oh, the longest time I was so anti-medication. And after I had my son, Lewis, who's four now, but when he was seven months old, like shit hit the fan. Okay, I was working two jobs and taking care of my house, cleaning, cleaning, cooking three meals a day, like just stupid, stupid. And it all fell apart. And I just fell into the throes of postpartum depression and just was wallowing in it and thought that it was it was a dark, dark, dark time. Really dark time. I wouldn't describe it as an anxious time, like more just like depression like rock bottom. And I went and I got on some antidepressants for a year. And it took so much bravery and strength, I think, to do that because there's such a stigma around antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. There just is and I don't get it. They work. They help. I don't recommend them by themselves. I think you got to do it in concert with other stuff like counseling or support groups or some of these other techniques. But man, it is amazing. Like there have been times where I have needed to pop a Xanax so that I don't fall to the ground shaking. Like my breathing didn't work. My oils didn't stop it. The other techniques that I employed did not work and I had to use meds. And you know what? Good for me. And if you use meds, good for freaking you. Okay? Good for you. Good for taking care of yourself and for keeping yourself safe because anxiety is scary and panic attacks are no freaking joke. So that is my rant on that. We're going to move on. Drugs are good. Number four is tapping. I thought I was looking at my list and I thought it said topping. And I was like, toppings? What? When it sprinkles? But tapping. So there's a thing called EFT. And it's basically like a series of tapping. Like you tap on your forehead. You tap on your chin, I think. On your shoulder. Like you tap on various parts of your body. And it's super effective in like processing trauma. And I don't have a bunch of information and stats on it. But if you want to Google search EFT therapy, amazing. But essentially, like your brain can only process so much stuff at one time, right? So tapping, like 
literally like tapping on some surface. It can be the surface of your body. It can be a chair. It can be whatever's around you. Like tapping on something is amazing. It just like helping you stay grounded and in touch with like what's around you. Because one of the pitfalls of anxiety is that you feel like kind of disconnected from your body and like lost in space. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. And I just tapping or even holding on to something, something grounding. Like I love to get outside if I'm having an anxiety attack and like inhale fresh air and like grab onto a tree or I grab a rock or I sit in the grass and try and just like ground myself because it feels so flighty. And if I can't do that, then I can at least tap on something. And this is great when you're in a public place and you're starting to go or you're just feeling just stressed tapping. I used it during my birth too, and it was incredible. It was incredible. So really, really interesting stuff, EFT. So check that out. And number five is sleep. I have got to sleep. If I am strung out on even like I get enough sleep, if it's not quality sleep, I can't do it. I'm reaching for carbs. I'm dragging through the day like I'm miserable. And there are studies after study after study after study that talk about the bad impacts of poor sleep quality. Like even if you get seven or eight hours, if they're like, again, if they're not quality hours, you're missing out. And it's all about REM cycles. And I I don't know a lot about that. Okay, that's not true. I do. But for the sake of the podcast, we're gonna, since we're getting close to time, you can research REM cycles and quality versus quantity of sleep. So for me, that means no electronics an hour before bed. I'm terrible at this, but I'm working on it. And it means no screens. So no TV, no phone, no computer, especially in your room. That's something that my husband and I are trying to like kick ourselves out of the habit is having a TV in our room because it's just, it impacts your sleep. The blue light of the screen acts like sunlight in your brain. And so your brain has a hard time like getting ready for sleep. And it can actually inhibit your production of melatonin. Boom. No good. So that's one of the sleep practices that I do. Uh, We sleep in a completely dark room. Completely dark. No lights whatsoever. Even like the little red light on the TV like has blackout tape over it. It kind of looks crazy when you look in our room. It's like black tape over everything. But that's why we don't want any ambient light. Uh, It's cold in our room. I think the ideal sleeping temperature is like 60 to 68 degrees big range in there, but it's like you want to keep your room chilly because you, uh, our bodies tend to, I don't, again, I don't have the science for you. I wish I had done more research on this episode, but I'm just kind of doing it on the fly. But colder temperatures, boom. You can also use a weighted blanket if you struggle with sleep. I did a whole podcast on sleep, actually. I should look and see what episode number it is. I'll put it in the show notes for you. But that episode goes into more detail about the things I'm talking about right now for sleep. So weighted blanket, uh, air circulation, so using an air conditioner or a fan to keep the air moving, that helps, and ambient noise. So we use white noise machines. Amazing. I can't sleep without them. Even when I'm backpacking, I have to have my headphones and like white noise app on my phone. True story. Like I have to have that background noise because it just lulls you into sleep so fast. So that is... My suggestion is getting good sleep because it's going to balance your hormones. It's going to balance your energy levels throughout the day. It's going to help you keep your blood sugar more stable. You're going to be looking for less carbohydrates during the day, which is like 
yes, please, I'll take all the help with carb cravings that I can get. All right, number six, caffeine. So these last two are ones that I'm relatively new to because caffeine is like red wine, right? It's good for you. It's bad for you. It's good for you. It's bad for you. Like moderation. And it's like, you know, you got to figure it out for yourself. You really, it really just comes down to that. Like nobody can tell you like, yes, caffeine is good. No, caffeine is bad. Like don't drink red wine. Drink all the red wine. Like who really knows? You have to decide for yourself. So for me, I decided to cut my coffee intake pretty much out. If I do have coffee, it's like a decaf coffee and it's never after like 3 p.m. And I cannot tell you it's been about two weeks But I feel, you guys, so much better. I feel more energized. I wake up more naturally. I don't have that morning like stumble where I'm trying to find the coffee pot and like do all the things. Like I I don't have that anymore. And I feel like overall, I feel less, less edgy and less anxious by taking out coffee and replacing it with matcha. If you follow me on Instagram, then you've seen the pictures of the different types of matcha lattes that I've been playing with. And the winner is matcha powder. Write this down. Matcha powder, cacao butter, the best thing ever. Lewis says it smells like magic. I agree. Vanilla, a little bit of pumpkin pie spice, and maybe some sea salt. And if you want to put collagen in there for bonus points, do it. And then you blend that up. So make sure you like aerate it really well. Holy cow. It's a white chocolate matcha latte. You're welcome. Try it. You will love it. I promise. Uh, I can put a recipe for that in the show notes too. I should do that. Oops. Now I need to write that down. Matcha. Okay. You can also put some maca powder in there. So matcha, M-A-T-C-H-A, maca, M-A-C-A amazing ways to boost your energy naturally without the like highs and lows of the caffeine. So brilliant. And the last one, again, I'm new to this. I'm on, I think week eight or nine, maybe. No, it hasn't even been that long. How long has it been? Before Austin. And that was in August. Yeah. Yeah. About eight weeks now. I've been doing what's called seed cycling. Seed, S-E-E-D, cycling. So my hormones, and this might get TMI for some of you. Sorry about that. We're all women here. It's fine. Uh, My cycle has always been irregular. Always, always, always been irregular. And it's been super, super frustrating. I've been on every kind of birth control pill to try to normalize it. I've used progesterone creams. I've used all sorts of crazy supplements that were so expensive. I have tried essential oils for it. Like nothing works. Sorry, essential oils did not work for me. I probably didn't do it long enough, but I prefer to like eat my medicine. And so seed cycling totally works in with that. So you basically do in the first two weeks of your cycle, you do ground flax. Nope. Yeah. Is it flax and pumpkin? I need to write this down. Ground flax and pumpkin seed and you use fish oil. So those are your three things. You do a tablespoon of each seed during the day and then you do you know your recommended amount of fish oil at night and you do that for the first two weeks and then at two weeks you switch and you do ground sesame seeds and ground sunflower seeds and you switch to evening primrose oil and I cannot believe what a difference this has made holy 
cow. Not only are my cycles like shorter, but my actual like periods are shorter. I didn't have any cramping at all this time, which is amazing. Like they went from like six six or seven days to four. Yes, please. I'll take that. And I can't even tell you, like I had less PMS symptoms. My body felt better and I feel better. So I feel like all of these things in concert have worked really well to support my system and to work with my anxiety to help lessen it and to lessen its impacts. I have not had an attack in, I want to say, I want to say two months. Yeah, I think. I think it has been two months since I've had an anxiety attack. Uh, I still have moments of anxiousness depending on what happens in my life, obviously. But friends, these things have been so incredibly beneficial for me. So I hope that one or two of these is something that you haven't tried before. And if you're curious about it, I would love to talk to you about it. Send me an email again, Kim at Captivatingly Confident. I know it's long, I'm sorry, dot com. Or you can send me a DM on Instagram, PM on Facebook. I'm here. Heck, I'd give you my phone number, but then I don't want spam calls. And I get like four of those a day already. So uh, if you want to reach out online, that's perfect. And then if we need to, we'll, we'll switch to the phone. But friend, seriously, like this has been such a game changer for me. And I just want it to help you too. Because when you feel less anxious, obviously the quality of your life goes up so much. And then you can really start to work on implementing more self-care and showing up in your life in the ways that you want to and really working on being in the flow right? We talked about this a few episodes ago, the flow of being aware of issues like anxiety or body image issues or emotional eating, being aware of the problems, and then moving into acceptance of who you are and the issues that you struggle with. And then from acceptance, moving into appreciation and appreciating yourself, appreciating the things that make you you, your enoughness, your awesomeness, like starting to really appreciate what you have. And then from appreciation, you move into value. And once you start valuing yourself, you can start investing in yourself. And that investment yields tremendous growth. And then you get to just enjoy the growth and be like, look how far I've come. And sometimes you'll fluctuate in the flow, but it's all about just continuing to move toward that growth result that growing place, because that is where the magic happens. And that is where you can start to do some actual changing of things that maybe you're not so happy with right now. Changing them from a growth place versus a like awareness or acceptance place, so much easier, I promise. So again, if you've got questions about that, let's chat. I would love to hear from you. And I am so hopeful and excited for you. I hope that this helps. I'd love your feedback too on this episode. If you have other ideas or tips for dealing with anxiety, head on over to the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group, kimludeman.com. We'll get you there and share with us some of your tips for dealing with anxiety or struggles that you're having so that we can support you and walk alongside you and learn from you too. All right, friends. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. 